does God's power create a sense of awe within you? Does it inspire you to worship Him or make a daily difference in your life? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares how these types of responses are evidence of experiencing God's power. From the series, The God You May Not Know, here's David to introduce the encouraging conclusion of his message, Knowing a Powerful God. Well, we need God's power today, do we not? The things that are being required of us as leaders and followers of Christ uh, are demanding more than we ourselves uh, can produce. We, uh, we need God. If God doesn't break through and help us, we are not going to be able to do the things that need to be done. But the good news is God has promised that when we put our trust in him, he will infuse us with his power. And he will take things that are beyond our ability. And with his ability, he will bring us through the process. I'm so confident of that because I've seen it happen. And I know my very existence is a testimony to the power of God. I'm sure you feel the same way. In just a moment, we'll take part two of that discussion underhand. But before we do that, let me remind you that during this month, there's a book we can make available to you. It's a 263-page book called The God You May Not Know. It will help you take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. And it's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Turning Point during the month of April. When you send a gift of any size, all you have to do is ask for the book. Just say, please send me the book about knowing God, and we'll have it in the mail to you before you know it. And you'll be able to follow along in the book. If you want the study guide, if you're in a group discussion, the study guide and the CD package are available from the Turning Point website. And then uh, let me remind you again that on the 20th of April, which is uh, about a week away now, we're going to be in Boise, Idaho at the Extra Mile Arena. And tickets are available uh, from davidjeremiah.org slash tour. Uh, these are free events, but you have to have a ticket. You have to have a ticket to come to the event. And the tickets are available, once again, from davidjeremiah.org slash tour. Make sure you get your request in so that we have time to get the tickets to you. Uh, if we get close to the date, we'll have them at will call, but we'd rather send them to you so you have them in hand when you leave for the event. And uh, we're getting... Uh, quite a rush of requests for tickets. So I hope you will take advantage of this announcement and be reminded of this opportunity in the Treasure Valley, they call it, Boise, Idaho. Never been there before and certainly never done an event there before. I'm so looking forward to seeing this beautiful place in God's country. I hope you'll be there to be with us. All right, here we go. This is part two of Knowing a Powerful God. How many of you know that this world is held together by the power of God? Isaiah 40, 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high. See who has created these things, who brings out their host by number and calls us all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Almighty God presides over the world. And through his power, the world continues to function according to the way in which he created it. Jeremiah says, when he thunders, the waters in heavens roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning and the rain and brings out the wind from its storehouse. So ladies and gentlemen, what would happen if for a single moment Almighty God would withdraw his hand from the universe? It would fly off into oblivion and chaos. It would collapse like a building imploding. The God who created the universe is the one, according to the New Testament, in whom all things consist, which means he is the glue 
that holds it all together. Can you imagine? God holds the whole world together by his power. And you know what that means to you and me? If God can hold the world together, I think he can probably hold you together. Isaiah said, even to your old age, oh, do I love this. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isaiah said, even when you're getting old and you get gray hair, almighty God is still holding you together. How do you know he can do it? He holds the whole world together. He can handle you and he can handle me. God's endless energy and his omnipotent power is something to study, something to behold. And then let me talk just a moment about the evidence of God's power in the resurrection. In creation we see it, in God's preservation of the world we see it, but mostly in the New Testament we see it in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. God, by his exerted power, reversed the process of death, overturned the process of decay, caused a silent heart to beat again, made our Lord's closed eyes to open, his lifeless corpse to walk again, and there's so much more. Jesus didn't simply return to life. He wasn't merely resuscitated. He was resurrected with a glorified body, one incapable of aging or pain or sickness or death. He was resurrected with eternal power. He came out of the grave. The resurrection is one of the great evidences of the power of God. But you know all of these are great. Creation, preservation, resurrection. But you and I live in an age when the power of God is demonstrated all the time. And it's the greatest power of all. I call it the power of transformation. Romans 1.16 says... For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Watch this. For it is the power of God to salvation. How many of you know it takes the power of God to get us saved? Some of you know that more than others. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home and you've always been around the faith and one day you just accepted Christ because it seemed like the natural thing to do. But some of you came out of a life that wasn't anything close to that. And the Almighty God reached down and he grabbed hold of your life and his power was displayed. One of my favorite people that I learned to love after I came to this church back in the 80s was a man by the name of Henry Morris. Henry Morris was a creationist. He was the founder of the Institute of Creation Research. And when I first came here, Henry Morris had an office about two doors down from where mine was in the administration building. And we got kind of in routine. We would go to lunch about once a month. And Henry's written more books than you can imagine on creation. He was the ultimate architect of the creationist movement and a brilliant man, not a trained theologian, but a trained scientist. 
I used to tease him because he interpreted the whole Bible through creationism. Everything in the Bible was about creation. I told him one day, I said, Henry, if all of the other doctrines in our doctrinal statement had the same weight as the doctrine of creation, it would take 10 people to carry the statement around because he was totally committed to creationism. He even one time described getting saved in creationist terms. I wrote it down. I want to share it with you. Here's what he wrote. A person who is a closed system spiritually, utterly inadequate and self-centered, suddenly becomes an open system, integrated and with his life centered in the omnipotent creator. He who was spiritually deteriorating day after day through the power of the Holy Spirit, now the God of hope fills him with joy and peace. He abounds in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit and he becomes quickened together with Christ. Here's my favorite line. He who was a chaos is now a cosmos with order, meaning, and goal. He is born again, a miracle of grace, a living testimony to the power of creation who is also the God of salvation. Henry Morris took this experience of being born again and tried to describe it in terms that would help us appreciate the kind of power it takes for just one somebody to become a Christian. Let me give you one case to consider. Some years ago, there was this boy named Jimmy. He grew up on an Indiana farm, and he fell into the sordid world of drugs. He moved to Chicago and lived in holes beneath the street where he feasted on an endless supply of heroin, opium, cocaine, and morphine. Because he lived under the ground, he got a nickname. They called him Jimmy the Rat. One day, while lying in a filthy bunk below the level of the street, Jimmy the Rat heard someone singing hymns on the street above. He recalled the songs he'd sung in church as a boy, and something stirred in his heart. So he went to where he heard the music. He shortly staggered into the Pacific Garden Mission, and he heard more singing and held up both hands and called out, I want somebody to pray for me. Mission workers gathered around him and earnestly prayed, and that day he gave his life to the Lord. And his life was changed forever. By God's grace, he was able to overcome his addictions. He returned to Indiana, became a successful farmer with a Christian wife and children, often sharing his testimony of God's saving grace. And his children were heard to say in their family prayers, thank God for Pacific Garden Mission where Daddy learned to know Jesus. And his story is replicated over and over again, every single day, all across the world, wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. That, to me, is the greatest evidence of the power of God. We try everything else before we come to God. I'm not here to criticize any of the attempts to get people right, whether it's eight steps or 10 steps or 12 steps. Please don't send me letters about what I'm saying. Because every time I mention that, somebody thinks I'm critical of them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they can do their thing, but there's a limit to what they can do, and there is no limit to what God can do. 
God can save a person from the most awful situation you could imagine. If you're here today and you think maybe you're beyond God's reach, let me tell you, there is no one beyond the reach of God. There is no one that God cannot save. Every Christian has a unique testimony. Yours might not seem as dramatic as Jimmy the Rat's, but it's just as real and just as glorious, and the change should be just as lasting. Every Jesus follower is a exhibit A to the world that God Almighty has transforming power. The gospel is the gospel of God's power. So we're almost finished with this message on the power of God, but I don't want to leave this message without giving you a couple of takeaways for your own life. First of all, in the experience of God's power, the power of God should energize our worship of God. One of the things that's amazing to me as I study these various attributes of God is all of them have a connection to worship. The whole issue, men and women, is this. The more you know about God, the more you love God, and the more you love God, the more you want to worship God. If you don't know very much of God, you won't love God like you should. And if you don't love God like you should, you won't worship him. But when you know who God is and you know that this God who fires the sun is the same God who loves you enough to take your sin away and give you hope for eternity, somehow you just have to worship. Now, I'm going to read a verse of Scripture to you, and it won't seem like it fits until I tell you what it is. But listen carefully. Exodus 15, 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Do you know what that is? That's Exodus 15, 11, and it's the first hymn recorded in all of the Bible. The first hymn in all of the Bible. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you? glorious in your holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. In other words, whenever we try to comprehend the power of God, we are so overwhelmed we cannot understand it, we can only worship God. Even when we compare his power to illustrations like the sun, as I did at the beginning of this message, our imaginations get lost in the immensity of the subject. We can experience the same exuberance today as Moses did when he wrote this first hymn. Whenever we sing our songs like, All Hail the Power, O O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, when we sing these songs of worship, we are reminding ourselves of the greatness of Almighty God, the omnipotent God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the sustainer of heaven and earth, the source of the resurrection, and the reason why you and I are on our way to heaven. Hallelujah. I've noticed that many of our contemporary hymns, you may not like the cadence, but listen to the words. Many of our contemporary writers are focusing on God's astounding power. A new generation is arising to praise him because of his power and his grace. When you think about the power of God, it ought to make you worship. And if you're having a little trouble, tonight before you go to bed, just walk out and look up and remember the God who flung those stars into space is the God you worship. He's the God you know. He's the God you're learning to love and the God who receives your praise when you lift up your voice to him. 
The power of God should energize our worship. And secondly, the power of God should encourage our walk. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the triune God. Notice that word again. It's the word power, God's power. God's power is conveyed to us by the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power available to you to live your life every day in this crooked world where we happen to be. The same power that brought him back from the grave is the same power that you have available to you. And then the power of God not only should energize our worship and encourage our walk, the power of God should empower our work. Sometimes we get up and think, oh, I got to go do this. I'm on the team. I do this. Well, listen to this. God is the one who we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend, now watch this, with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Here's what I know. It's not what I always practice. It's what I know. You cannot do the work of God in your own power. If you try, you will get only what you can do, but you will never discover what God can do. When we get involved in serving the Lord, if we're not careful, we get into our own persona we start working hard, adding more hours, and trying our very best to make it happen. And all of that is a part of being in ministry. But men and women, God never intended you and I to take on the burden of God's work in our own power while he allows the power of Almighty God we've been talking about here today to be unaccessed by us during the process. We have to stop sometimes and back up and say, Lord God, this is too big for me. This is too much for me. If you don't fill me with your power, this can't happen. Not only can it not be born, it cannot be sustained. And oh, I wish I could bring before you the illustrations that I know of people who keep trying to do the mighty work of God without any of God's power. And we see it so often in the secular realm, in our churches, instead of teaching people how to access the power of God, we send them to positive mental attitude seminars. We start holding all of the secular business seminars in our own churches to tell people how to do the work of God in their own strength when it was never meant to be done that way in the first place. And so we struggle and we fail and we fall on our faith. Are those principles good? Yes. Can we learn from them? Yes. But they cannot be the source of our strength and our power. Only our strength and power from God can enable us and empower us to do the work of God. Most Christians operate in the energy of the flesh about 80% of the time, according to what people have discussed. Sometimes I do that, but I'm always sorry when I do. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, you have a power outage. You know what that is? Well, it's going to the doctor and finding there's something wrong. It's going into your office at work and being laid off. It's getting a phone call that your child is in trouble. It's hearing the news that a loved one is at death's door. It's a plunge in the stock market just when you're about ready to retire. These things happen to you, they happen to me, and they have for many years to many people. That's just when we learn to switch power sources and begin drawing 
from the transformer of God's power because we find out we don't have the strength to make it. Why do you think people say when they're going through tough times, Dr. Jeremiah, I felt like God was closer to me than he's ever been my whole life because you switched off your power and you switched on God's and you found out his power is sufficient. Sometimes I give you illustrations from people I've read about that you've never heard about, and I always feel funny when I do that. But some of these old preachers and teachers that I've been reading about my whole life bring so much to the table. There's a guy associated with the Missionary Alliance Church, one of their great heroes. His name is A.B. Simpson. He founded a missionary agency. He's written many books, and I have read many of them. But until recently, I didn't know that he had a power outage. He said he was 36 years old. He was so sick he could almost see himself falling into the grave. His ministry lost its steam. He endured a period of deep discouragement while lingering and praying in a camp meeting in the woods. He heard the words of an old African-American spiritual that went like this, nothing is too hard for Jesus, no man can work like him. It was this an arrow from God pierced his heart, and he realized he'd been trying to do God's work in the strength of his own passion. Simpson began contemplating the superlative power of God. He began thinking about the things we've been talking about today. He realized he needed to let the Lord use him as a channel and not be the source, and it changed his life and his ministry. The power of God as evidenced in creation, preservation, the resurrection, and the transformation of believers is hard for us to grasp, but it's wonderful for us when we finally get a hold of it. That same power is available to carry us through our daily lives. And God is waiting to exercise his power in your behalf. If you don't know Jesus Christ, and maybe you think your life is out of control and there's nothing that can change it, I'm here to tell you, if you haven't tried Jesus, you're short-circuiting your whole life. Until you try Jesus, you haven't tried the ultimate answer. Jesus is the ultimate answer to whatever it is that's happening in your life. If you do not know Jesus Christ, Tap into the power that's waiting for you to change your life and make you a new person. If you're a Christian and you're going through a tough time and you wonder, is there any hope? Let me tell you, there is hope. Nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is too hard. He never sleeps. He's not ever weary. Whatever it is you need, he is able to do. And don't give up on Jesus. Don't ever give up on him. You may feel like giving up on yourself, and sometimes you have to give up on yourself before you come to Jesus. But I came here today to tell you how wonderful is the power of God, but most of all to say, don't go away with more knowledge about God's power. Find out how his power is waiting to affect your life and make whatever decision you need to make today to get connected. Get connected to the power of God. And sometimes we say, Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that this is more than I can do. So, Lord, if you don't help me, I can't do this. So I commit myself to you, and I'm counting on your power. And I'm being reminded daily that when I am weak, then you are strong. Then I am strong because you are strong. And uh, I count on your power, Lord, and thank you for the promise. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about knowing a good God. 
I love the little chorus that we sing in our churches, God is so good, he's so good to us, he's so good to me. And hasn't God been good to you? He sure has been good to me. Do I have some issues? Oh, yeah, some problems? You can be sure of it. But uh, above and beyond all of it, and overwhelming all of it, is this truth. I serve a good God, and he has been so good to me. I'm sure you could say the same thing. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the Friday edition of Turning Point, part one of Knowing a Good God. And then don't forget, we're going to be in Boise, Idaho uh, on the 20th of April. That's uh, next Thursday. And we'll be there uh, for an Extra Mile Arena event. The Boise, Idaho event is... uh, Something we've been looking forward to, because most of us here in Southern California who are part of this team, we've never been to Boise. Obviously, we've never done an event there, so this is a first among firsts, and we hope you'll make it a first, too. Come and be with us on that night of celebration, fellowship, and teaching. I know you'll be blessed and be glad you came when the event is concluded. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Our message today originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your walk. So please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Tawasin, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, The God You May Not Know, and take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand on any screen with any streaming service. Turning Point Plus, all for a monthly gift of any amount. Visit turningpointplus.org. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The God You May Not Know, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game, where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. The revolutionary war hero Patrick Henry passed on his property to his family in his will. 
He also expressed in his will that he wanted to pass on his faith in Christ as well. He wrote, If they had faith in Christ, and I had not given them one shilling, they would have been rich. And if they had not faith, and I had given them all the world, they would be poor indeed. Every professing Christian should ask, Am I leaving an inheritance of faith in Jesus Christ to my family? Am I bequeathing to them the most valuable thing in all the world? This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's rich inheritance on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.